Brett Buzzers, good morning. Good morning. Let's all take a breath. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here talking about performance art. Let's all breathe a little bit, okay? Hey, I'm just happy my house is not underwater. I've evacuated from Hurricane Florence. That's right. Drove up to Northern Virginia. So that thing gone now? I hear it went down a tropical storm, right? And that's it's it's North Carolina. There are parts of North Carolina and South Carolina that are underwater right now. Yeah. Oh, and, and the front page of the newspaper was just like, it looks like a, a lake down wow. there. So it's, it's definitely still bad, but not where I live in Virginia beach. Okay. Fortunately. It's incredible what nature can do, man. Yeah. I actually took all my so instruments, small. all my stuff, you know, books off the bottom shelves of book, um, bookcases. I took all my instruments and put them on a bed and I, I took all my important stuff up up here with me. And for anybody who's got important instruments, don't wait until there's a storm to try to get the uh, valuable personal property insurance. <laughs> Do it before. It's like a pre-existing condition. They're hmm. like, they're like, we would love to add this stuff to your insurance policy, but oh, it's confirmed that the hurricane's coming towards you, so we can't insure it. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. That yeah, I mean, sense. it makes sense, but it... I was like, oh, fine. <laughs> fine. What, was this, uh, what was this interesting story you said you had when you texted us? Oh, well, so I, I don't know. I was thinking about metal and, you know, it's lots of European, I think of, you know, Scandinavians listening to metal. But I was out in Truckee or in Lake Tahoe, California for this wedding last weekend. And I went into this cool little bookshop and I was looking through the shelves and I saw this book called blitzed um <laughs> drugs in the third reich it's i remembered it's by norman oler he's a story <laughs> i'm sorry go ahead <laughs> well i perfect remembered hearing a um an interview of the author on npr and i was like so struck by the what he was saying i that it, it kind of blew me away and i wrote the name of this book down and when Blitz. i saw it in the store i i had to get it and i've really had a hard time putting it down because what's it, what's it about? So in short, like a mini version here, the after World War One, Germany was, you know, the morale was down. Right. The economy was down. Right. People there there was this Pretty huge I crushed them. Yeah, and they were using a lot of heroin and cocaine and opium. And Hitler and his gang came along in the early thirties and kind of tried to stomp that out. And they were making it illegal to marry if you were caught using drugs. They were making you people rat on their families. They were even going so far as to castrate, put them into concentration camps. So then the the pharmaceutical companies come up with this thing called methamphetamine. They called it Pervitin. Hmm. And they put it on the market as a pill, and they basically marketed it like super coffee like there were lighter doses right right, right. and the whole like while the nazis are cracking down on all the other drugs nobody really knew that pervitin was that bad or meth and everybody started using it like the Uh whole the medical the the medical students the doctors they were giving it out to the doctors free samples everybody started using it and being like oh i feel awake i feel good and so the whole German population started using it. And even Hitler himself started getting 
there was a doctor who started giving him vitamin injections. Wow, that's crazy. And so the whole German population and Hitler, everybody's getting addicted to meth, essentially. And wow. then the military got a hold of it, and they were mandatory. They were issuing the soldiers meth so they wouldn't fall asleep. And they, would, they could, like, march for three days <laughs> yeah, straight. That I did hear of, right. Right. I remember listening to that and it's crazy. Yeah, like that wow. it changed the course of history. They were they lost their humanity and they lost their they they really they were able to march through the mountains and and blitzkrieg blitzkrieg, whatever. They were able to surprise the French on their to the west. It was just wild that they were able to use drugs to in war and it it really changed the the course of the war that's crazy anyway i thought that was my interesting thing of the weekend i wanted to use that as some way to get into death metal i, I have i have a I, I have a great i have a great segue for that so here we go so metallica wrote a song called blitzkrieg oh, there you go. on the kill em all record right yep. Aaron? yep and i remember being like well i was probably 12 when i heard yeah. that out for the first time and i heard that track and i'm like this is the most amazing thing i've ever heard it's so yeah. cool you know and that, that was like, actually, um, Sabbath for me was the first metal band I was into. But Metallica, I'd have to say, was really the gateway yeah. band. Would you say the same thing? Eric? Yes. Yes. Very much so. As soon as I heard one, it was all over. Was that your first yeah. exposure to them was one? Yeah. Yep. And Justice for All was the first album that I had. Um, I would, yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. I would, say, I would say it's probably right. That's a really interesting record. Yeah, I just uh, I just watched an interview with Jason talking about uh, actually, and I also listened to the producer engineer about Justice for All and how though they dropped him out of the mix. How they dropped him out of the mix because <laughs> <laughs> they're all pissed off. Yeah, that yeah. It, he had to replace Cliff. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. What I found really interesting about Injustice, um, if if you get a chance to listen to that record, Joe, mm -hmm. um, I think it has one of the most iconic kick drum sound you know on any metal record i'm not sure how aaron agrees because i know we're for both. that time yeah, yeah it was interesting right just the kind yeah. of the, the clicky yeah kind of sound it produced yeah for that for that period and yeah. and lars is like really doing some interesting footwork on that record which i don't think afterwards he really hit no no they've they went a different direction after Injustice. Uh, what, what, well, black Bob Rock. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. let's sell out. <laughs> um, what year he, was Injustice? Uh, ninety. Was it ninety? No, 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 no. The Black Album was in the eighty-nine. 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 Okay. What were you um, gonna say, Aaron? Uh, in terms of like the drums. Uh, yeah, he definitely had a, a certain sound that was going on. Uh, Justice was more um, meter based, um, and they were they were definitely playing with time signature, and um, there was definitely less melodic. Uh, they definitely had some like nine minute long songs on there, so they were exploring length of song. Um, but it, in terms of comparing it to Master of Puppets, what was a different record? Yeah, it was two completely different bands almost. <laughs> well, that's Cliff. It was really Cliff. I mean, on Master, you know, Cliff, Cliff's um, influences and knowledge yeah. of harmony was so prevalent. And then when you get to Injustice, you know, even James would say on interviews, like he was trying to replicate 
what he learned from Cliff, you know, right. on Injustice. But if you listen really closely on Injustice, there are there are little moments, right, mm -hmm. where Cliff sneaks through. Oh yeah, absolutely. You hear it, especially on—is it to live is to die? Yep. I think in the opening, mm -hmm. you know, and in that, that that sort of interlude section. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's that's that's Cliff, you know, just and yeah, yeah. Why did Cliff leave? Or well, he died. He was uh, on on tour bus accident on the Master Puppets. Um, yeah, they hit a patch of ice and the bus rolled over on top of him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was a pivotal moment for those guys. Yeah. Was he twenty seven? <laughs> the magical 27 i don't know it's interesting i never thought about that if he was yeah uh for all of those who don't know what 27 is all famous musicians have a tendency to die when they're 27 years old yeah so, so if you make it past 27 you're, you're safe yeah pretty much well like Jimi hendrix so. janice joplin, joplin. morrison was morrison 27 uh is he part of that too I don't know. I can't. I, that I don't know. I want. I, I, I for some reason I always remembered. It. Maybe it was like that whole Mandela effect thing where it's right. like false memory or whatever. But yeah. Well, anyway, Metallica. Yeah, they they were like for me. It was funny before the show started. Joe and I were talking about death metal. Hmm. And when Aaron, when uh, Taylor does come on, I want to want to explore death metal because for me, I think metal was an interesting in my own personal experience was an interesting progression of study for me. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really get into what I think metal is until Aaron introduced me to death and death metal, you know, like in, when I was in my 20s. Because as I, was, as I said to Joe earlier, I think death metal is the one genre of metal that is physically powerful. Like, it, mm. like right, just sonically speaking, like in physical space, it, you actually feel it. Yeah. You, you feel it in your body, the, just the frequencies. It, it's, it's incredible. I, I've never experienced anything like it before. Even like heavy bands like Metallica, Megadeth, when we've seen those guys live, you know, they, they're great. Artistically, they're great. But just death metal just has just a, a thing about it. Yeah. It's there's an, force, power. Yeah. There's an energy to death metal that is unlike any other. Um, you know, it's pretty amazing performing that kind of stuff and how much energy it actually takes. It's crazy how much, like, you have to be on. And with metal, it's, you know, the personality of a metal person is, is um, they've got this OCD kind of quality to them where everything has to be perfect. Um, there's hardly, I'm not going to say that there isn't, because there's definitely the, your fair share of sloppy players out there uh, within the metal genre. But... Um, for the most part, I would probably say that they have this anal tendency to be like tight, especially as you get into those, you know, um, death metal and thrash metal. Well, not so much thrash metal because there's definitely room for error in there, but nonetheless, um, it's just the speed and pure power yeah. and brutality. And it's just, it, it's, it's incredible. It's, I was talking to Joe about Gene Hoagland. Oh, atomic, yeah. The atomic clock. That's a good example of that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, he's just like, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Human is a wonderful album. It's a great album. Who was the drummer on that? I, I think Hoagland was on, uh, he started on individual thought patterns. That was individual. Yeah, um, and then he was on symbolic, which is my favorite death record. Yeah. But I know you're you're more you're more about human, right? That's that was that's my, that was my first death album. Huh? Yeah, which is different than any other. I mean, that was like I was. I, in fact, I listened to that album a couple of days ago, 
as the flattening of emotions. Flattening, I was just going to say the opening track, flattening yeah. of emotions is just like. Oh. <laughs> well, it's, it's a good representation of what death metal is. If you write, if you yeah. listen to that record, or at least yeah. that opening track. Yeah. And Chuck was doing some interesting stuff that whole way through that. And he was yeah. experimenting with. I still remember analyzing Chuck's stuff and went going through all of the death stuff and and finding out that he did like an A B C D A B C D. That Correct. was his structure. Correct. Uh, and almost every single song Correct. was that. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see how some of these guys uh, structure their songs and the patterns that they kind of go through. Um, but yeah, death was death. was definitely you know one of the going from Metallica, I and mean, then there was definitely a, a transition period going from Metallica to Death. Uh, there was a lot of different bands that I'd listened to, um, but yeah, Death was Death was like my first experience into actual true metal. Um, whether it was like Mashuga or Opeth is another one that's just one mm -hmm. of my favorites of all time. Yeah, we were um, talking about those guys earlier. Yeah. Um, they have a they <laughs> they came out with a double concept album where one album is pure, just straight up metal, and the other one is all actually acoustic. acoustic. Yeah. Damnation, yeah, yeah damnation. Um, so it's really interesting some of these guys and what they actually can do uh, within metal. Um, there's just so many bands out there and it's expanded. I mean, from when the early days of metal, when it was just Metallica and Megadeth and Slayer Anthrax and, Anthrax and um, Suicidal. Tennessee, um, yeah. Uh, MOD. That, yeah. Remember those guys? Yeah. I mean, so from that and how it's kind of morphed into all these subgenres, and now we have things like Gent and whatnot like that. It's uh, it's metal has gotten much bigger. It's it's kind of interesting. You guys like Iced Earth? Mm -hmm. Those guys. I've seen, seen them live. Never heard yeah, of them. I like them. I like them. Yeah. They're recent. Yeah. Me and a couple of guys used to go out to um, Milwaukee. There was a place called the Milwaukee Metal Fest, and that's pretty. It was like the one of the biggest metal shows, at least back then. Um, and I, geez, saw all the metal bands out there. Uh, and actually, um, a friend of mine at the time had uh, press passes, and we went backstage and met Cradle of Filth and um, Meshuga, Death, all that kind of stuff. So it was very cool. I think one of the things that the general public who does okay let's put it this way the the the, the non-metal musician fans mm. have to understand is that there is a degree of complexity in metal music that takes a lot of skill like you were saying to command right mm. and i think having studied the metal genre and looking at like you just said like how chuck schuldiner was doing like cycle cycle cyclical sort of uh, structures and different things and just the harmonic like doing things in fifths and all that kind of stuff like, there's a lot of stuff that takes a lot of skill and practice. Um, Meshuggah, Frederick Thornthal, right? Fan of Holdsworth. Yeah. Studied Holdsworth intensely, mm -hmm. right? And if you listen to a lot of Meshuggah solos, it's Alan. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And he does a pretty good job mm -hmm. of, of emulating those kind of leads and those legato lines. I mean, I listen to Frederick play. I'm like, holy shit, this guy's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of them are. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's hard to to play within that genre and kind of not be on your on your best game. Um, I was listening to a podcast last night. Um, 
um, the ultimate recording machine. Um, and they had a two and a half hour interview with um, Chris Adler of Lamb of uh, God. Lamb of God, yeah. Um, and the machine, their producer. Um, great interview in terms of, you know, the metal scene and what is expected once you go in the studio and how they approach it. And, you know, it's, it's, um, they were talking about how there's kind of these two kind of ways of approaching music and how you have, uh, the one person who it was kind of funny. I was thinking about you, Tony, the one person who absolutely focuses in on their one thing, their guitar or instrument and, perfects that to the point of you know that's what i have to do and then there's these other people who kind of do this multitasking of a bunch of other things and each person needs you know each other to kind of make things work um so yeah it's it's kind of interesting in terms of how these people how metal bands and i, I can't wait to talk to taylor about this kind of stuff and how the unit kind of works together and how they come up with their ideas and uh, where, you know, where all that stuff comes from. Yeah. Well, I think, I think a lot of it, I think half of it is just like assimilating it through your influences. And, and then the other half I think is really like the experimentation part. I mean, it's funny, like we're talking about Taylor when he, when he comes on the show, I want to ask him this question too, but I remember seeing him live when he was a kid, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, when he was one of our students, right. Or your students, I should say. And, uh, and watching him perform in talent shows in school, and emulating what death metal guys were doing and the crowd like of high school students were like what the hell is this yeah they had they had no accessibility to it and i'm watching him on stage and then i'm watching what he's doing and it's like he's working it out on the guitar yeah you know so i wonder like where where most metal guys come into the fold because i didn't start out as a metal player i, I came into it later it's kind of interesting two things come to mind you know, there's, uh, I belong to a, a school where the main vision really is to take students and put together, put them together in groups and make bands. That's, that's the vision of our school. Um, and we have a battle of the bands every year. Um, and without fail, if there is a metal band within the mix, they win every single time it's it's very it doesn't matter if there was a group that was a pop group where they had four-part harmony and it sounded absolutely amazing if a metal band is present they will win um it's why is that uh energy power um you can't forget it you cannot walk away from that kind of experience and and just kind of have it as an afterthought it sticks with yes, you i agree it's um, in your bones. Yes, it does. It, the sound. You are in your bones. blown away by that pure power. Power. Whether power you're a fan or not, it doesn't matter. You're just exactly. like, wow, that was, wow. Okay. And that ends up winning every single time. Now, the, the other thing that, that I was thinking of is, is that because we may have uh, listeners out there, you're going to have a large population that doesn't like metal purely because of the vocals um that is like the number one thing that turns every single listener 
off from metal is the screaming, the brutality, the, the guttural that, that, that they just don't, I don't understand what they're saying. And, and, and while I remember there was a there was a time that I thought the same thing, uh, when I was a kid, um, eventually I grew to understand it. And yes, there are some artists that I don't particularly like the way they do their screaming or their growling. Um, but then there are others that I really do enjoy and it, I may not know what they're saying. Um, but it fits the sound and it, it it's, um, without it, it wouldn't work. No. Um, <clears throat> which is why I'm sorry, which is why I kind of have an aversion to pop death metal bands. Like, mm. I know, um, <clears throat> Not to mention any names. Okay, I'll mention it. Um, <laughs> like Evanescence, I can't take him. Right. Please, please get out. I can't take him because it just it, it it the two things don't fit together for me. What you about know? like Nightwish? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I don't know how to feel about though them, but yeah, it's kind of like that operatic type of yeah. Evergrey, right? Those mm. guys, the same thing. Um, I'm kind of in that. I put them. I put them all in that classification. That might be a good introduction. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. No, I just. I just. I think it's for me. I think to really it be a true metal experience. And again, it's just my opinion. So mm. people don't backlash on me. But it's for all me, emails sent to, to yeah to the death threats. Um, <laughs> I think it for me. It's really about the the cohesiveness of the power, the sound that you get. Mm. Right. Something Aaron was just talking about, like. It's 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 true. It's true. Like for me, it's not artistic. Like metal is not. If I had to define what metal music is, it has nothing to do with the artistry. For me, it has everything to do with the physical power of the sound coming out of the band, and that that and that that force that hits you in your body. You know, like it just literally you you feel it resonate in you. You walk away from a show and you're like, I don't know what the hell just happened, <laughs> but I, I I still feel those frequencies. Yeah. And for me, the vocals have to do that too. And when you start mixing the artistic operatic stuff in, it's 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 great. It's musically it's great. Artistically it's great. But for me, it, it breaks the 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 definition of what metal is for me. Right. I'm I, I mean, I think that there's a lot of people like me. I mean, I'm not a metal guy in any way. Like I've I've listened to some, but I I'm not with it. But I feel <laughs> like a gateway metal band might be a useful introduction. It's like I would never try to make somebody fall in love with like jazz, for instance, by have making them listen to Charlie Parker, I'd probably play if they were into rock or funk, I'd have them listen to Herbie Hancock first and then kind of work my way backwards. But I wouldn't start with like the most extreme version of the genre. So in this case, I strongly disagree. I think you need to just jump right in, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending some at the gates your way right yes, now. <laughs> no, we'll just do it. Your first listening experience is Death Human. But Al, human. Yeah. I'm that's how, that's how Aaron did it for me. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's true. It's true. But you want to listen to Death Mill? Okay. Here, listen to this track. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is interesting, you know? And then you just, uh, I became a big fan after those, listening yeah. to that record. Yeah, there's, I could recommend a lot. I mean, any, I say it this way. Uh, most of the stuff that I listened to was definitely a period in my life. Um, the nineties, um, 
pretty much that that's that's where it was the 90s for me uh, i didn't listen to any metal past 2000 so anything within the 90s i, I really kind of that sound was really where it was at for me and continues to this day there's nothing really out there right now that uh really excites me um periphery i really enjoy periphery a lot uh but then there's some clean vocals that i'm just not really used to anymore um actually from that podcast i listened to last night there's uh a band that they suggested that actually lamb of god just picked up uh called discarnate uh i listened to a little bit of them yeah, i'm not really too i was uh, waiting for like the melodic stuff and it never really came in um so i'm i'm definitely listening to new stuff i actually have a student uh currently right now that i'm have as a recording student and he every week comes in actually he's probably listening um hi hunter um he always helps with me uh you know new stuff that's out and we're always kind of chatting about new interesting stuff so um there's definitely stuff that's out there um but i think the roots of it uh like death i mean the the hunter hunter <laughs> listen to death human oh he knows he's, oh he does he's oh my gosh yeah, yeah he's my student <laughs> he's the same thing as is any one of you guys i've, I've turned him on to all kinds of stuff uh, it's, it's it's great fun. It's, it's, it's fun teaching metal too i i i found to really enjoy after after you aaron turned me on to it as a mm -hmm. style and i really dived into it um when students would come to me later and say, I want to do metal music. I'm like, what kind? Right. You know, it's, it's interesting. Remember when I was living in Florida for a while and I was teaching down there and Florida is a Taylor probably can attest to this too. Huge death metal scene. Oh my gosh. Down yes. there. And I'd have students come in they, they'd want to do death metal music. And that was a lot of fun. I, I, it, cause it does require a different focus part teaching wise to, just the tech the technical part of it yeah it's the technique it's there's so many aspects to it that you just kind of have to really focus in on tension and meter and rhythm and accenting and articulation and speed and right hand control and it's like yeah, yeah right it's yeah. really really dialed in yeah focus as much on the the rhythm guitar you know chunking as you do to like lead lines when you're teaching metal like, what, if you had a new student coming and he knew how to play the guitar, like say say me for instance, what what's the first thing you would do with me to get me on the path to being able to play? Understand what's coming out of your guitar has to be something that's sonically powerful. See, that's that's how I define metal today. Like I think anybody can play it. But whether, I mean, what what is it? Just adding, you know, playing your core your your power chords but adding that low fifth on the bottom yeah so stuff like that so like it would, the right. tone you know is it a certain type of overdrive or fuzz versus overdrive well i don't know about that i'm aaron might have more insight onto that i think um but for me it's I, I think it's more about like there are two aspects in teaching it i can look at it technically speaking so yeah it would be like let's let's tighten up the right hand um you know there are certain things you can do like you lock your wrist or don't lock your wrist or angle your pick or don't do this or whatever um that give you those sort of tonalities but i think at the end of it it's really about like the sonic production so like all right so now we're going to like invert this fifth we're going to we're going to harmonize everything in inverted fists mm -hmm. um or like as like aaron said earlier we're going to structure it in such a way where we're not going to be moving from like 
this normal chord progression. We're doing something very different. Or in the case of Opeth, it may not even be a chordal movement. It might just be a rhythmic movement. It might be right. taking like one chord and then creating like a seven four signature or something out of it. So for me, it's like we can we can discuss all the musical aspects, but I think ultimately it's at the end of it, it's like are we are we getting the power coming out of it? It's really hard to describe. It's funny you're asking me this question because like I taught metal before, mm -hmm. but to articulate it, I'm not sure if there if there's a verbal way to do it i just right, right? i just kind of present it to the students say here's what the feel is here is what the effect of it is you know and and for me that that's i think where it becomes really interesting because you had sabbath they they were for me were the early ideas of metal oh yeah they're the godfathers of metal yeah you know, and even though iomi was doing just power chord movements right the feel was amazing it was just like the, the the overall effect of it so i don't think it's the the raw materials per se i think it's like sort of like the overall effect of the sound mm. yeah sorry joe if that's like not a good <laughs> inadequate ex explanation for it or what i would do with you but that's yeah huh. i'm just i mean i'm fascinated by it i I, th I think that anybody can if you the more you start looking into a genre of music the more you appreciate the intricacies of that music and i'm you know i feel like there's probably lots of other players listening in that maybe they're not metal people you know metal fans and i want to be convinced and i think it, it's helpful to know the direction to to go i mean knowing the the right albums that you were mentioning earlier to to listen to 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 get you excited and yeah you yeah. know what's the first couple songs i should learn you know things like that well, I think that's just it. I think it's listening and replication to understand the style. There's like so many styles out there of metal that it's really hard to, um, to kind of, man, it's, it's even like with, with flattening of emotions. Yeah. It's a powerful, um, track, but it may not be for everybody. Um, I'm thinking to myself like, okay, what if you're looking for something a little bit more melodic in flames in flames, yeah. just jester's race was race. Jester's dance. Yeah. Jester's dance. Yeah. Amazing tracks. And they're very melodic. Um, the, the, but you're going to find bands that don't use that melodic kind of feel. It's more just about pure power. Um, so I there's, agree. there's definitely many, many kinds of of metal that you can listen to if you're interested you're going to find something out there that will hook you for that sure. will hook you for sure yeah. absolutely yeah. you just have to be open to it um yeah I, I think anything's a gateway joe i mean if you're really like getting into metal or any listeners getting into metal for the first time like my perspectives and viewpoints they have been strictly relegated for death metal you know, it's like that, that for me, the, the a defining part of the genre. But if you want to like expand metal, as Aaron just said, into the wide bandwidth, I think anything, a, any genre can be a, a gateway, you know, band in. And then, and then technically speaking, I just think it's really about your attack. So, and the only way to really learn that is just to learn a piece, Yeah, you know, but that's how we did it. Just, yeah. you know, like let's learn, learn a track. And, and I found, this is interesting too. I, we have to wrap this up soon, but I found that like for me, it's easier to learn and teach metal by ear than it is in notation. So like, you know how we, as guitar teachers, we love to present pieces in tablature or standard notation and teach it through the, through the text per se. For me, metal is the one genre that I think it, it really comes through osmosis more. Like mm -hmm. you, you get it when you just 
play the track on a recorder or something and you just and you emulate and you try to you try to get the feels right aaron would you agree with that uh, to, yeah, I would to some extent, unless you're listening to something like speed metal or <laughs> they're going through some crazy. I mean, I've, I know that there's been many, many, many times when I've, you know, thrown the song into a, <laughs> a program where I oh, yeah. have it down <laughs> and I'm like, what is he doing? Like, I can't yeah. figure And then you have to figure out the hand position of where it actually is. Sure, or, sure, sure. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely times where <laughs> it's a pain to actually try to figure out what's going on. Uh, but when you are given a lick, like whatever it is, fade to black by, by metallic or whatever it is, some kind of iconic riff to actually kind of hear that. And then actually to figure it out on the guitar, um, or whatever instrument you're playing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, yeah. that's, I mean, that's, you know, from when we were kids, that's, that's it. And that's you, know, I heard, it. you heard a riff and you're like, ah, oh, I, I need to, I, I need to figure out how that's played. Um, and that goes for, you know, tons of tons of guitar riffs, but something about, you know, metal and that, the way that it's structured and the sound that just that that minor six that minor third um that's just kind of like ooh, and then you, you throw the flat two in there and it's like whoa yeah. okay now we're yeah. talking evil <laughs> yeah, they break a lot of harmonic rules and, and and um and i feel that like when i was a kid this was important too there was no other genre that developed my ear like metal music did like I really feel is really essential for ear training. So any student today who wants to get into metal, it's definitely a viable genre for developing a really powerful ear because just in the frequency ranges and the intervals you're talking about, mm -hmm. like you can study classical, you can study jazz. Yeah. But don't discount metal. It's, it's got a lot of angles. Yeah. Really good for the ear. Yeah. And there's certain bands that use certain types of sounds over and over again. I mean, Metallica with Alien over and over and over and over again. Yeah, right. Um, or Chuck would he would do a lot of a lot of Locrian stuff. Yep, absolutely. You have um, Avenged Sevenfold who uses a lot of harmonic minor. Um, they just kind of they kind of fit into their molds. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of cool. I mean, metal's 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 awesome. It's great, um, and. It, it takes a lot of um, aspects from a lot of other genres, blues and jazz for sure. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. I, I, I really, really enjoy metal. I love it. I'm going to go listen to one right now. I have so many questions that I want to know, like about death metal or hmm. metal. I just like don't, I was telling Aaron, like I don't. Oh, it's fun. It's, it's just, it's a, it's a good, it's a good style um i love it aaron turned me onto it i was i was a metal fan uh growing up but like we're talking thrash and speed the whole death metal thing was something more i, I discovered later like in my 20s mm -hmm. i feel like i haven't i just haven't i've, I've like learned some like lead metal techniques technology <laughs> and like ingve and oh no but i've just not really gotten into the the actual genre i think when they the singing turns me off yeah well yeah yeah although listen to opeth you'd like those guys o-p-e-t-h because um michael ackerfeld the vocalist for opeth mm -hmm. is such such a talented singer the one album you want to listen to will be deliverance okay that, that's that's the record in fact do you know porcupine tree mm -mm. you know that band porcupine tree um who the hell's the guy uh, name's escaping me now prog band but the the uh 
he's sort of like the Trent Reznor of the prog world, mm-hmm. uh, but this band Porcupine Tree, and he produced that that album Deliverance by Opeth, and uh-huh. there's so many prog elements in it. But anyway, the point is, is that like it goes from like in in a couple of verses, they're doing the ooh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So the next thing he's doing, he's like really like singing melodic kind of stuff. You know, he's like his voice is really good at at. It reminds me of like King Diamonds back in the eighties, like these you know huge ranges of stuff that and, you know he can manipulate his voice. So not, I don't think everything in in death metal today is is the sort of like the the guttural thing. They're 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 changing a lot. Yeah, isn't you know? isn't Megadeth? Uh, I'm trying to remember. They're not they're not death metal though. They're they're just they're just heavy metal. Um, mm-hmm. but Meg- Megadeth, yeah. I feel um, like he's got a good voice. Oh yeah, if I'm thinking yeah. of the right guy, Dave Mustaine. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, it's got that really kind of thing like that, you know. And he's just Maybe and the way he sings. Um, yeah, Joe, we have to give you a metal education. <laughs> this might have to turn to like a three-parter, you know. Yeah, to the history of metal, you know. I watched this video this morning on the history of metal in one song, and the guy oh. was like jamming, and he like went from blues rock to heavy rock to death metal to thrash metal to glam metal. Glam, to yeah, new metal. There's all kinds new of metal. Stuff. There's new American heavy metal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the, the just the categories alone. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Death, death, death metal is interesting though, because for me, it's the one metal form that's about power, like sonic power. We're not talking like mm-hmm. artistry, just being in a room, feeling the frequencies hit you. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it's like on force. I mean, it's it's crazy. I've never experienced anything like it. And and Taylor, there's actually a metal fest here in Maryland. Uh-huh. And Taylor, I, I remember going talking to him. Like he would come down to this metal fest like every year. And it's like just you know this you know couple of days of that stuff. And I I, I was always think like how did you sit there and take just just sonically the force of all that stuff because it's like it's incredible. Yeah, like all day. Yeah, I'm just you know, yeah. I mean, like most metals are loud, but death metal is like it's like an anvil in your chest. Yeah, that's what I need to do. I need to go to a you got to go show. to a show. Yeah, and just and just kind of see one. And I've been, yeah. to, I've seen like local metal bands play, but not a lot, and maybe they weren't <laughs> like necessarily that good. Well, it, it's a tough style. It's a really, it's a hard style to kind of get. Um, it's oh yeah, incredible. Do you know? You know of Gene Hoagland, the Atomic Clock? No. Look this guy up, drummer Gene Hoagland. He played with Death on a few records, but he's been like he's a famous death metal drummer. This guy, probably for me, is probably one of the most talented, if not most technical drummers of all time. He's mm-hmm. open-handed, so that means he plays. I don't know if you know what that means, but so instead of like the cross hand, drum, yeah, yeah, he yeah, plays, he plays open, like huh, like okay. Carter Buford from. Dave Matthews band plays. Yeah. And, um, and everything with, with Gene is measured and he's fast and he's precise and it's like really articulate and he'll just rock you. I mean, like you listen to him, you're like, whoa, like he'll do stuff on just around the symbols, mm-hmm. just little accented phrases that are like metrically perfect. It's just incredible. Yeah. You know, I listened to this Slayer song yesterday. Ah, it was yes. called it was so badass the end of it the drums were like just going nuts but i'm trying to remember what it was called it was like 
something very evil sounding. <laughs> That's your entire catalog. That Slayer song was called Criminally Insane from the 1986 oh, yeah, album Rain and Blood. Blood. Yeah. Do, 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 do. It, was so, it was so intense. That really kind of thing like that. 